We introduced the sixth commandment last week. Um, you shall not commit adultery. We looked at Genesis 1, 27 and 31 that basically said male and female, he created them, right? It says it a couple times. And so um, we definitely recognize that in our current culture, gender um, is, is a hot topic. And um, it, it still is confusing, right? I mean, for us, I'm like, well, you either are one or the other because you never see somebody going from one gender to something that's not the other gender as far as anatomy, right? So we do have to clarify anatomy because a lot of what is considered dysphoria has more to do with psychology than it has to do with actual physical anatomy. Um, there are a very small percentage, I might have mentioned it to you last week, of people who have a, um, I mean, it's a real small percentage, that, have, that, that come out as, say, a male, but the majority of their hormones are female, and so they have a struggle their whole life. But it's a real small majority. Again, we're in a broken world, so scientifically, they've proven some of those things. But we should always be careful not to take the smaller percentage and make that what is considered the norm, because I think that's what we struggle with now is it is a small percentage that, that is, um, has some, some issues with gender, um, but what I have to say about that is, is at the same time, there's still someone who is created, there's someone who's loved by God, and someone who is, is needing to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, oh, you guys can get two chairs. Hey, Mark, before you go too far, you want to grab number six over there for both of you and your wife? Um, so uh, I want us to be, be careful that we don't get into the nuances too much of opinion because we just want to appeal to what does God say about this, and, and, and we're going to dive more into to what sexual immorality is and things like that because that's a heart of the issue too. So um, let's look at Genesis 2. 24 through 25 to at least talk about marriage. Let's go there first. Because all of us would agree that adultery is a, uh, a spouse having sexual relations with somebody who isn't their spouse. Would we agree with that definition? Does that sound fair? Okay. So let's, let's start the base of marriage first. And then we'll go from there. So someone who have Genesis 2, 24 through 25, please read it out. Do we want the short version? Well, Are you sure it's not the full version? It's Luther's version. Uh, well, okay. I mean, is it the short version? I don't think so. Go. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Perfect. That would be 24 and 25. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Okay? We will wait. This is important. We got some Sorry. Bible sword, some Bible sword drills going on here. Did you guys ever do that as kids? Bible sword drills? Yes. Yeah, you hold it up like this, and then the teacher announces a verse. We well, can't have your finger in it. Announces a verse, and you're all sitting down, and then the first kid to find it stands up and reads it. And we so, call them speed drills. Oh. But yeah, we were the same. Oh. We did them. The word of God is sword, so sword drills. 
but so if you're bored, if you get snowed in, uh, you know, you can play that game with one another because it actually really helps you discover where things are in the Bible. I will give you a hint. If you go to the middle, you're probably going to hit Psalms. Okay. So that gives you a good idea of which way to go. <clears throat> That's the tip. Okay. So Mark 10, six through nine. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them ma uh, male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Okay. So, um... Old Testament at the beginning, man and woman, Jesus reiterated that. Would we agree with that? Mm -hmm. Because the reason that that's important that we agree with that, again, this is all under the, 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 the qualification that God loves everyone, all right? And he wants no one to perish. But there is an attack on marriage. There is an attack on, on gender that we need to be aware of. And we want to be able to present what we believe and what we know to be true in a loving way, not in a judgmental way. And it's very difficult to do because immediately we get, even for saying, even if I were to quote, if you and I were to quote Genesis or Matthew or, or Mark that we just read, immediately we would be labeled. Would we agree with that probably, right? We're like, oh, you're one of those. And automatically they say, you hate me. You don't want, you're, you're, you're anti this, you're anti, I didn't say that. I'm pro, I'm pro people. <laughs> I don't care what you think you are or who you think you are. God, God loves you, and that's all that matters. But God does have a great plan for us. So um, we also, what's the, some of the arguments you've heard, um, not to go too far down the rabbit trail, what's some of the arguments you've heard in today's society against uh, marriage being between man and woman only? Okay, isn't, isn't love the higher authority, right? Okay, they appeal to that. Sure. Is that, is that it? That's probably pretty accurate. Well, and within, the, within those specific groups, it's, well, God made me this way. Okay, so there's, there's, there's a, an attack against um, how they were made, basically. I mean... You know, so they're blaming God. Um, so again, when we look at, yeah, love is great. I mean, I, we look at the, the relationship between Jonathan and David, and they, their, their love for one another, though not a physically intimate, was greater than, than a love for anyone else. I mean, we see that in Scripture. And so you can truly, truly love somebody. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to marry him, right? You know, I have close brothers that... That uh, in the Lord that I truly love, but there's I don't want to want to marry him, right? And you know, uh, so I think that that we have to realize that that we're we're dealing with a society that has no regard for God, or a society that is specifically being anti-God, whether in word or not. Their actions are certainly showing I don't want any authority over me, and that's what should break. Well, that's what breaks my heart is that they don't understand that what they're doing and what they're saying 
is really an affront to the God who created them. And, and we know that, that God's not mad at him. God grieves. I mean, he grieves so much that he's like, I want you to, to, to see what I've done for you in Jesus Christ. Question for you. Sure. Does this whole self-identifying fall in this same category? You know, it's like, I, you know, I, I am a white, old woman. But, you know, nowadays you can sit there and say, well, I'm going to identify as a 25-year-old black man. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's a good idea. No, um, well, so, I want to be a I want to be a star. Wait, I want something that gets to sleep. Can I be a sloth? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm down for that. Can I be a sloth? No, but um, and so I think that 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 goes to a deeper issue in identity, is that that unless your identity is found in Christ, you will look for anything else to find your identity. Because, and you won't be satisfied. Yeah. Uh, you just won't. I mean, you'll have times, you, you know, even you look at, at very successful people, maybe you've had moments of success in your life, or you had this moment, if I just do this, if I just buy a house and I have a family, I've arrived, right? And then you do that and you realize, man, this, this takes maintenance. This isn't really what I've arrived to, and there's still problems. Um, and so I think that, that identity is, is really... I would say right now, really for all ages, is the key to, to the spiritual battle that we're all in. What are we identifying as and who are we identifying with? Um, and so that's a big thing. Steve? I'm just thinking, isn't it interesting that God has put in our genetic spiritual code uh, a need to want to be loved, accepted, and, and procreate? You know, if you, if you go through society, mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, uh, sexual desires or chemical issues and how we in the sin nature we turn and warp that and we're, we're broken I mean in marriage uh, what is it eight out of seven eight out of ten probably aren't functioning or divorced uh, just looking for that without reading the rule book but finding out how does it work you know what what does God expect and how can I be obedient to what would work and we just as a nation refuse to do that dangerous word you said obedient Yes, I'm saying, I'm both man and woman. Who says? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's exactly who says. I, everybody wants to be the boss of themselves. And, well, yeah. And, and the arbiter of what's right. And we have these desires. If these desires are in us, how could they be wrong? Mm -hmm. Right, right? I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's... The flip I like to use on that is, well, I have in me at times uncontrollable desire for anger but here's something in our society that that is not permitted i can't just pick on tiffany get up and be mad at her for whatever reason and go beat her up we are supposed to show restraint in that area I don't think she really feels that way. But when it comes to um, other emotional desires, we're, we're told, you know, like sexual desires, oh, we'll just let it all hang out, and it's okay. No pun intended. Yeah, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, okay. But you, you understand what I'm saying is we have 
have in our society we have said there are emotional things yeah. um, that we have inside of us that it's you know society today is saying oh it's okay if you act out on those desires but there are other ones like beating up poor Tiffany over there <laughs> that poor Tiffany Poor no, you can't do that. You have to be restrained in that behavior. And and there are going back to this, but that's what I feel. Right. Right. So you, you gave us so a great arbitrary. you talked about sexual desires, so that's a great segue to the next thing. So yeah, thank you for that. So so how does God then desire us to express our sexuality? And our desires. So let's look at Hebrews 13:4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let marriage, the marriage bed, be defiled, for God will judge the sexual immorality and adulterous. Did it say undefiled? Yeah, undefiled. Okay. I was like, that word doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm no, I was making sure. <laughs> I might, Why do you think there was that we might, we might need to look at some other ones here now. So again, to the commandment of thou shalt not commit adultery, the marriage bed shall not be uh, defiled, right? So God holds marriage in high esteem. That's where he places um, the, the parameters for sexual activity should be in the, the confines of marriage. Again, now we go back to the beginning. Marriage is uh, a man shall leave and cleave to his wife. Then Jesus said, a man shall cleave to his wife, right? So he reiterated that. Um, now again, we all have people that we know and love dearly who don't want to subscribe to this. And, and, and so hopefully this doesn't give us more heavy hearts towards them, but it encourages us to really pray and look for those opportunities to share. Titus 2, 11 through 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Okay. My version, I like, says self-control. Yep. Instead of denying the, yeah. But, but that, to your point, the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to properly control Every desire. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> like, you know, let me out. But, but that's what our that's what our inappropriate emotions and desires are, are saying, right? See, we'll, we'll we'll try that in. Let me out, right? <laughs> let me out. Let me out. And 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 the thing is, is that only through the Holy Spirit, really, can we have a proper understanding of how those things are to be bridled. Because you know, it's interesting because it's a cruel thing to some degree if you want to really look at it this way. That the height of your sexual desire, you're in the teenage years, at least for boys, and you have no control over anything. And yet, that's when the hormones are raging more than anything. And, and so, but at the same time, I would also encourage us that as you get older, it's really not so much the hormones, but now it's the thought life that has a more 
that has the more battle that you need to, okay, let, how do we rein this in? Holy Spirit, I need your help. And now we're going to get into um, something that has touched all of us to some degree, whether family or personally, and that is divorce. And I want us to understand something. If we could go down through the list of all the sins in the Bible, every single one of us would have our hands up multiple times. So we're all dependent upon you know, our failures in this broken world, whether it was our fault or not when it comes to divorce. Um, we are products of a broken world, and it should hopefully draw us to a great dependency upon the sufficiency of Christ. Um, if you've had abortions, if you've had suicidal thoughts, if you've had, I'm just going back to some of the things we've gone through, if, you, if you've had a divorce, um, you know, guilt is something that the enemy wants to always bring back around to you when you're in a low spot. Well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, you, look what you did then. And by the way, if anything takes you away from praising Jesus, it is of the devil. Amen. Um, tells us there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you ever feel condemned, rebuke the thought and say, Lord Jesus, help. And it's easier said than done, right? Because in those moments, it's like you got to wrestle through it. But the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, don't feel burdened by this. I have released you from the burden of sin. And so, yes? I was going to say, the lot, I call it dead chicken bones of fast. And a lot of times those things are so heavy, and, and for whatever reason when you can't, I would just uh, suggest maybe calling on your elders or your pastor to help lift the dead chicken bones of brokenness or woundedness or whatever stuff is hanging around you. Because basically a lot of times we are too weak or too yeah. frail to be able to do it ourselves. You've got to have a support group. God did not intend us to live this life alone. And so, again, gathering together like this, hugely important. When people aren't here, finding out, hey, are you okay? Right? You know, reaching out to them and saying, hey, because this is vital. It's not just about church attendance, but yet it is about church attendance, right? I mean, it's important. I don't know how people, and some of you have been there, but I don't know how people get don't I don't know how you function successfully that's a horrible word but but how do you flourish in your Christian life if you're not connected right so you're saying you don't right there's a change right you're okay you know and so but yet the enemy is constantly and COVID is really helping the enemy rip people away from church um, and it's become an easy excuse a guilt-free excuse um, again I want people to be safe and I'm not saying that we should be cavalier um, but at the same time um, uh, for argument's sake, if you're going to the store, if you're hanging out at, 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 at restaurants, um, you could probably safely go to church, even if it means I come sit in here or I sit in the back or something, you know. So, so we need to really pray for those people that are under that because that's going to, you know, the enemy will use that. So let's jump in to divorce. How exciting, right? Uh, what does God say about divorce? Matthew 19, 6. Okay, um, so if you've ever put two pieces of paper together with glue and then tried to separate them, right, they, they, they can't come out cleanly. So even if you do get separated and divorced, something is left behind. Um, and, and that's, you know, I will tell you that, that um, with the exception of one couple, all the couples that I've counseled for marriage, it's usually second, third marriages. 
Um, and it, that's where you see there's just problems from the past. And that's usually after four times, I'm like, you need professional help because that's as far as I can get you. If you're not willing to submit, I mean, that's a whole, we won't go down that road. That's <laughs> to one another, not just, I, want, I don't want to make sure I qual- submit to one another. I want just talking to the women. So <laughs> but but there's, there's, you can, there's just stuff that comes up from previous relationships that only the Lord can really deal with. And unless, and some people have a hard time letting the Lord deal with it. How about Matthew, or the next one, 19.9? This will help some of us. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Okay. So we have kind of, um, in God's eyes, would we say a, an out? that's acceptable to him, certainly not preferable to him, but acceptable to him. So unfaithfulness in marriage, right? Um, I still think in unfaithfulness in marriage, God's heart is still for reconciliation. Um, and, and, and that's tough because there's hurts that go deep um, and, and there's, there's just moments that you have, but I still think his heart is for reconciliation. But reconciliation takes humility and both parties, right? So we'll 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 put that aside. How about First Corinthians seven fifteen? But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under uh, bondage or obligation uh, for such cases, but God has called us to peace. Okay. So this is talking about a believing spouse married to an unbelieving spouse. Um, how do we see? that happening a lot in our society today, particular in our area. Okay. Uh, you know, that's a huge thing in, in, in our area. Um, another thing that happens often is two people get married and one of them, <laughs> you know, has a face-to-face, so to speak, with Jesus, a come-to-Jesus moment, and they receive the gifts, and now they're saved, and the other person's like, what in the heck, right? Or you have a believer who's not really living for the Lord, you know, and so they get married, and then now they're, they're they, life happens, they, you know, and they're like, I need to get a little more serious about my relationship, and the spouse is like, well, hold on a second. And I hear a lot of times spouses like, you're not the person I married. You're like, well, you know, well, <laughs> but, but again, so for the believing spouse, as long as that, that unbelieving spouse is willing to still be with you and, you know, then you hang on, right? And, and we know that, that Peter talks about a, a woman who's a believer and having an unbelieving spouse that, hey, you actually, your faith is actually protecting that spouse and drawing them to, to the Lord. Um, so keep heart, don't, you know, and also don't yell at them. Okay, that's the other thing you kind of say. <laughs> so, um, so how do we help those um, that have spouses who don't believe? Eventually they start coming around. Okay. Rob started volunteering. Have you noticed that? Yeah. It's yeah. only taken 15 years. Well, but, yeah. but, but again, that's, that's your diligence. And he's, he loves you. He wants to hang out and stay with you, right? right. You're he, willing. Doesn't, he doesn't, he's never opposed my involvement or the kids' involvement in the church. Right. He's always, if I need help getting them ready on Sunday morning, 
today we did all our showers. You did. I thought you were going to get up and have coffee by yourself. I was going to get up and have coffee by myself. I like sleep. Yeah. You're a mother of how many? I have three. Yeah, you deserve an extra. You can add. You can add the husband in there. She has four. Well, actually, two hours. He feels like a kid. He's not. He's not over like. Yeah. Two hours of sleep this morning. Yeah, because it's daylight savings. There you go. Steve. I was going to say that uh, uh, what is the, you know, you've done a lot of counseling on missionary dating. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, Betty Sue, and she's wonderful, or I love Jimmy Bob, but he's unemployable. I mean, uh, mission, or, or missionary dating, where you try to explain that. I mean, so, so over the years, um, so my wife is a product of missionary dating. Um, that was the counsel of my grandfather because we were in a small church. Hey, if you can't find one in the church, go out and get one and bring them in. <laughs> I will say that's not, I would not recommend that because I, I typically find that missionary dating involves compromise. You are going to compromise to some degree um, because the reality is if you're wanting a godly spouse, um, you're going to hold fast to that. Um, and, but, I don't advise missionary dating. I, I just think it's um, it's a cop out to go do what I want and do things and, and, and put myself in positions. I mean, here's the thing: if I'm dating a non-believer and they have no problem with having sex before marriage, and they want to, um, and and then they, you know, I'm speaking more for the ladies here, and then the, they're like, well, if you love me, you, you know, I thought, you, you know, you're going to, okay, well. For the sake of the gospel, right? I mean, because you'll justify it in stupid ways because that's the way we are. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that um, missionary dating is a bad idea. And one thing that we didn't mention in this part is if you have a spouse that dies, that does release release you from the 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 uh, relationship, uh, the covenant of marriage, and frees you to um, marry someone else. Which I think. Um, if you look at it that way, that's the severity and the importance of the of the marriage contract, right? You know, you get out of it if someone dies, right? So I mean, Steve, Steve, I think is the only one here who's had a spouse who had a spouse that died that married again, right? Is it, am I not speaking out of turn here, right? So you, you know, but you probably had to think about that and go, well, is this okay? Uh, what should I do? Or you, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, Bonnie would say you're on a blender turned on high, whirling around, uh, you know, catching the, the sides of the thing when you're uh, when you lose a spouse, someone that's uh, near to your heart. And then you, you uh, I'm, <laughs> I'll spare you my story, but I had to laugh. I was arguing with God that this is not going to work. You know, he put a Bonnie on my heart. And I said, this, it's not going to work. You know, I'm arguing with him, and uh, I took a lot of heat because uh, she was known in the church over there and was a problem. Some people to, you know, marry someone you know. But God's been good. So supposed to marry somebody you don't know? I don't know. I'm not sure what the deal is. Well, but the, <laughs> just just to, just to help you out with a little bit. So <laughs> Bonnie was friends with the, his My spouse, first wife. his first wife who passed away. So he knew her, and so it kind of sped up the process probably to being remarried more than most people are comfortable with because she was people. Kind of, Dogs and, and generous, and so she wasn't involved with it. So I'm just, you know, it's so <laughs> you're like, boy, uh, I know I'll be fed. So, <laughs> okay, so how does the Bible define sexual sex?
sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 5. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give his wife her conjugal rights and likewise... I had a weird break in the word there. <laughs> no, I got Likewise, the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay. So here we are, again, supporting that sexual practice should happen within the confines of marriage. There's a lot in here that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. We're not going to get into that. Um, but I will say that this is a big air issue for many married couples. Um, uh, and again, your, your clocks are different. And so, you know, we, we struggle with that. Um, and, and that's okay. It, it is what it is. But as long as we're keeping it, when should we not, as married couples partake in sexual activity. Okay. Or fasting and prayer. Right. Or you fall asleep. Or you fall asleep. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what she said. Fasting and prayer. For an agreed upon time. Right. So here's the issue. So let me ask you this. A little uncomfortable, we'll get there, but but why why is this an important um, understanding of what God's word says. What what happens in marriage that often violates this um, idea of for an agreed upon time for fasting and prayer? Okay, kids. Okay. She's she's it's a confession over here. So no, <laughs> kids, TV, got the dogs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I going back to counseling days um, when I have counseled people. It's not like I had counseling days, but when where women hold the sex card. Well, if you want this, you'll do this. And then men on the other side. Well, God's word says this, so you know you have to. Um, and so you have a lot of this this fighting that goes on and none of you apparently because you didn't come up with it so um but but you know we find I mean, women learn hopefully are you probably up, don't you don't have to omit this but they learn rather quickly that they have power when it comes to physical activity with men they have a lot of power there especially in the younger years yeah. uh, and so i've seen it cause great strife um the other thing is that the greatest strife I saw was when, never mind, that's the whole story you guys don't need to hear, but, <laughs> but I did counsel a couple where she was the stripper in the bar and her name's Candy and then he's wondering why they're having problems. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, maybe what her performance was, anyway, was expectations are different. So again, again, we do not violate the sex out, it has to stay within marriage. Now, this is, I mean, how, the world is horrible. Would we agree when it comes to this? I mean, 
everybody's living together, everybody's, you know, got their Tinder account and they're just hooking up, you know, you, you know, everybody has these other accounts that they can go find just strictly to hook up with somebody for a night and then, you know, get the urge out, you know, un, not because we shouldn't control it and then be done. Um, and we are in a fight for the sanctity of marriage between a husband and a wife and the sexual practice between a husband and a wife in the confines of marriage. We are in a battle for that. I don't know, hopefully you don't pay attention to pop culture as much as I do, but you know, open relationships is starting to make a huge surge right now. We started mentioning it, I started hearing about it about five, six years ago. I'm like, that's dumb. But now we're seeing it being, you're seeing it in, 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 in movies, you're seeing it in, in sitcoms, and you're seeing more and more people talking about, well, we have an open relationship in our marriage. So they have pretty much defiled the marriage bed, as it said in Hebrews, because they're like, well, you can go have other partners, but we're still married and we still love each other. And so um, I don't love that person. I just get something from them. Apparently, I can't get from my spouse. So we are in a huge attack. I mean, how many of you know people who have justified living together before they get married? You, you know, maybe you yourself did. I mean, you know, and... And so we look at that and we say, okay, the world is contrary to God's word. And sex is a powerful, powerful thing. What's the old phrase? Sex sells, right? You would think at some point in time, people would get oversaturated with, with this idea of, of sex, but we don't. But the problem is what happens is we, we now have a, a generation that's coming up and the, the, the sex that's selling is more and more perverse than um, the pinup girl, uh, you know, for the cigarette commercial, right? Way, way more perverse than what? I mean, things you see on the TV now, some of you who are old enough, I mean, I'm even old enough, the things you see on the TV now, even in a commercial, you would have never seen when you were younger, ever. Well, a lot of it, a lot of it, I mean, And they never exalt, not that this is a good thing, but they really never exalt our highlight marriage between a husband and wife, our sexual relationship. It's always the forbidden sex that is promoted. Yes? I was going to say, you know, when you look at the brokenness of the family that you're talking about there, well, that's what they're going to how they treated the matriarchy, the mother, uh, patriarchy, the dad, or the father image. Uh, Maybe uh, a sitcom or maybe a, a thing where we're being a, a dad, dad knows best or a father knows best. I mean, that, that's been gone for 45 years. And I mean, basically, uh, they laugh at you at school. I mean, if you go over to District 25 and say, I, I own my kid, I'm, an, I'm the authority, they're going to laugh at you. We own your kid. We, you touch your kid and see what happens. See if there's not someone over there knocking on your door ready to take your kid and accuse you of abuse. And we—it isn't just a, a matter of what you see. It's it's the total uh, taking over the, the entire family. You think you own your family, <laughs> but I'll tell you what—if you go over there and you want to raise them in fear and admonition, Lord, don't be surprised if you don't have a full-on assault from the city council and the authorities. Jane, you had your hand up. Well, 
it's sex has become just another commodity that you tra trade. That you know, and I was listening to somebody I can't remember who it was, but it's like the relationship between you know, I mean, go back 25, 30, 40 years ago, and to a large degree, um, women weren't as promiscuous as men. It's true. You know, I mean, there were some that were very, but for all intents and purposes, women weren't promiscuous and then we get into this whole it's the fallen world <coughs> where now it's okay for women to be very promiscuous and almost expected almost expected so it's just become this commodity well the casting couch sex was a commodity to get what they wanted mm -hmm. you know they wanted a role in something and that was okay. Yeah, but now they can put the guy in jail for it. So. Well, now they can put the guy in jail. But, I mean, that's what, what sex yeah. has become. It's just a commodity to yeah. get what okay. you want. And <clears throat> we act surprised when men treat women so badly because they've you know, made sex Still doesn't justify their actions, though. It doesn't. So. <laughs> but, you know, if, it's, if all sex, you know is okay when it's not okay i mean guys are confused right. as to when it's not okay Thanks. carly well we've we've come down a primrose lane where we've given up what was normal when i was a kid mm. and your father knows best to 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 where we are now we've given up ground constantly to where christian divorce is right there with secular right. divorce right. and now you're emotionally traumatized that you're evil and and uh, hyperphobic or hyper, whatever they call that, the homophobic. Thank you. <laughs> if you don't accept all this denormalization, all this stuff they're trying to do to us, what's going to happen next, guys? Is we got the LGBTQ whatever a P is coming up, pedophile? Or mm -hmm. where are we going to stop this? And yeah. after the pedophiles, animal sex. Where are we going to say no? Yeah. Let's go back to God's word. He said no, and look why. Oh no, they're actually trying. You know, there I can't remember. There's a state that's saying um, pedophile pedophilia is okay. Yeah, because they have but some psychologists that says they can't control it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I mean I've said for a long time, especially down at the court, because the federal court handles most of those pedophile cases, and you know some of the clerks down there are like shocked, and I'm like, why are you shocked? For years we've been saying. If it feels good, do it, and you're the important one, and just do whatever the hell makes you happy. Why are we surprised that all this stuff is happening to kids? Be, I bet you dollars for dollars you ask any pedophile, why did you do it? Well, it made me feel good. So, so I'm thinking, you go back to the Old Testament when God called Abraham, mm -hmm separated a nation from the other nations, the other nations were just maybe probably worse than what we have today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what God was doing at that time was separating out a people to be different. 
not perfect, but different mm -hmm. from what was existing around us. I mean, it's sort of like where we are today. Yeah. And I'm glad, and I'm glad you said that because we're not going to jump into the the um, how sexual immorality is is translated. Because I wanted to leave us with this today, and thank you, Harold. Because it's easy for us to to get frustrated because it is so overwhelming. I think I, I'm just like I, I can't. You know, but at the same time, we're called um, as a people that are governed by God to be a light to the world. But it's it's the temptation is to just go hide because everyone because we were looked at like we're crazy, right? I mean, we are. We were looked at like, well, wh why why are you guys trying to deny me of what I want? It's like, no, we're not trying to do that. What we're doing is we're trying to say God has a better plan. God's way is better because what you're doing now in the temporal world, and that's something we haven't got into, everything's about immediate gratification. What we're doing now in the temporal world to make myself feel good in the moment has eternal ramifications. And so how do we, and I want you guys to think about this this week, how do we engage with a society that is all about whatever feels good and whatever makes me feel good and how do we engage in a way that helps us stand not compromise and they see that god loves them we well, can't answer it now you just got to think about it this week he didn't have to stop. I was just giving you a hard time. I was just going to say, picking up the bones when, when a, I can't tell you the number of things the Lord's given me an opportunity was they're broken. They've been their fourth or fifth marriage. They've been on drugs. And you can come on there and say, hey, God can restore you to their lives because what they're doing is, is a road to destruction. Connie, I miss you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And thanks for the chocolate bars. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much. Lord, we, it's easy, at least for me, um, just to get uh, overwhelmed and saturated and just say, well, just why even try and give up? And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to love with the love of Christ. And, Lord, also the strength to be protected from just the 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 evils of the world that, that just um, I mean we we hold devices in our hands that we can we can see all the, the immorality in the world and so Lord help us guard and protect us Lord uh, no matter what age we are or what gender Lord we we are tempted by to, to either anger frustration uh, to these things that 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 make our flesh act out and so Lord help us uh, bless this morning we thank you for the saints who have gone before us. Um, and we thank you that you call us saints. It's just amazing, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.